Hello, and welcome to Sights and Sirens Back to Basic Podcast. My name is Dr. Christopher Sights. I'm an emergency physician, and I'm here with my brother, Jason Sights, who is a firefighter, paramedic, and RN. Together, we run Sights and Sirens, an emergency preparedness training company. Sights and Sirens is a National American Heart Association training center and EMS training company that specializes in NREMT exam prep. Our Back to Basics podcast was created to make what are sometimes complex medical topics easy to understand and retain for students of emergency care. Please like and follow us on your favorite podcast streaming service, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for joining us. So I've been talking a long time now about reading through the Psalms mm-hmm. because I do a lot of Bible study, but I don't do a lot of like prayer really. Like I don't, I need to like work on that like personal thing. Right. Okay. So they say that like reading through the Psalms is the way to do it. Right. And they, the, the Bible study I'm listening to is like, oh, like take 15 minutes a day and like read through. So I read through a Psalm last night, but I did it like legit. Like I read like a commentary on it, read through the whole thing, did the prayer thing. Mm-hmm. It took me like an hour and a half. And I'm just kind of thinking to myself, like, how am I ever going to also do this business? And at the same time, like have a personal relationship with God, like it's just not going to happen. But here's what I was thinking. What do we know about Jesus? Sometimes we know more about what he doesn't tell us. And I think Jesus was probably kind of a crappy carpenter. Like if you think (laughs) about his business, his business probably didn't thrive. It definitely didn't thrive. First of all, he was retired by 30. That's true. And then he, he was a great teacher, great yeah. teacher, went around the world, traveled a lot. What if he wasn't Probably actually wasn't a carpenter, really. though? Like his dad was a carpenter. And like, so people just like assume well, why he wouldn't was, he learn like, his craft? Like Joseph was just like, you don't have to do anything. Yeah. He just didn't, God. Want, just didn't want to do it. Well, then I feel like he doesn't understand what it's like to work. So I, I don't know. I don't know. It sounds like you need to quit your spiritual walk so you can work better on the business. No, I think what I'm saying is God wants me to just not very, be very good at the business. And just <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, Interesting. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sights and Sirens Back to Basics podcast. This is a podcast where me, a firefighter paramedic RN, and my brother, Chris, an ER physician, talk about what are sometimes considered to be complicated medical topics. We break them down back to the basics and make them digestible and easy for you to understand. So, Chris, what's our topic? Actually, what's our sponsor for today? Yeah. Yeah, so our sponsor today, we want to thank Clearview Media. So Clearview Media is a video production company uh, here in Michigan. Uh, If you're watching this on YouTube, they're responsible for the quality of that content, as well as uh, if you're in our prep program or interested in joining our uh, NREMT prep program, go ahead and check check out our website there. But they've done all our video for us. It's been awesome. It's been great. Um, Super high quality. And again, we've said this before, but not only have they do, do they provide amazing quality content from a video production standpoint, as well as audio they also really partner with you to help you like really develop that vision like I, we know what we wanted it to look like on screen yeah. i think but we didn't know how to execute that and i mean they have surpassed our expectations in so many ways so it, it was so weird i think when building the program it was like what i imagined it to be to, to make something that i actually imagined it to be yeah was pretty crazy yeah and absolutely. the the kind of video tricks that they can do i mean like a lot of people don't know this i'm actually a 750 pound asian man yeah and the fact that they make me look like this is just yeah, it's, it's amazing it's impressive yeah so <laughs> again we want to thank clearview media check out their stuff at clearviewmedia.com um today we're talking about seizures so this is a topic we haven't jumped into before but i want to jump into today talking about seizures seizures can sometimes almost be oversimplified because we just chalk all seizures up to seizures, uh, which is not the case. And we'll dive into that today, uh, but also can sometimes be overcomplicated because, you know, do we really need to know exactly what type of seizure someone's having or why they're having it or what if they're faking it? And I want to talk about all this kind of stuff today. So, again, we're talking about seizures and kind of jump in. Um, but first, we have to talk about and this is kind of the. 
the one thing that like sometimes is oversimplified or overcomplicated is types of seizures. Right. Okay. So there are certain types of seizures that we categorize uh, in different ways. And the reason I mean, we, whenever we categorize anything in medicine, I think we have to ask ourselves, why do we categorize it? Right. Because sometimes we categorize things that from a management standpoint doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, or we categorize things based on how they present. And that's it. so we categorize seizures based on uh, essentially their pathophysiology. So what's happening in the body and why that's helpful is because. After the acute phase, down the line, when we talk about treating seizures long term, we talk about trying to figure out why people are having seizures. That information is super, super important. Right now, I'll argue, though, that from an emergency standpoint, understanding the type of seizure is not necessarily as important as understanding how to manage seizures. Uh, and that's what we're going to kind of take back to basics. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think just in summary. Yeah. We categorize seizures in different ways. We need to understand these categorizations. But practically speaking, in the field, we're probably going to treat pretty much every seizure the same way. Sure. Right? Like yeah, it, yeah. us in the field, EMS providers mm -hmm. in the field are going to treat it pretty much the same way. Emergency providers will probably treat it the same way. But down the line, it's important to know kind of what's going on in the brain so we can know specifically how to treat long-term stuff. Yeah, yeah. And we, we do this a lot. I mean, you and I talk about this a lot in, you know, in our lectures and our podcasts is that I think there's a tendency in EMS and in emergency medicine to say, oh, well, that's not my responsibility then. Right. So oh, I don't I don't I don't really need to know. So I'm not going to find out. And again, you are especially in EMS, most people's gateway to medicine in general. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is something that we as emergency physicians, I think, sometimes take for granted is that on one hand, I my job is to figure out the life threatening things that could be happening to you and make sure that they don't or stop them from getting worse and then kind of pass you off on to the next person. But because of the way our health system works, the emergency department is a lot of people's first contact and gateway to medicine. So me setting them up for, you know, quote unquote success right off the bat by understanding some of these things, understanding more of their pathophysiology, understanding what's going to happen to them down the line is really going to help me put them on a trajectory that I think long term is going to make the, a bigger impact. Yeah. And even more so than an EMS, right? I mean, like if, if, you know, if I'm the gateway in the emergency department, then EMS obviously is the gateway in the field. So something to take into consideration. It's why it's important to understand these things, even if maybe they don't practically play out in the field and change necessarily what you would do. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cool. So do you want to, you want to jump in first and start, we start talking about just kind of what are the types of seizures uh, from a broad standpoint? And then we can kind of. So two major types, you have a, a generalized seizure, mm -hmm. which would be the entire brain is being uh, messed affected, with, I guess. Right. Yeah. 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 Affected, right? Or you have a focal seizure, which is a, a portion of the brain is being affected. So right. it's just based on like, are we looking at one area or are we looking at the whole thing? Yeah. And, th and this is the thing. So the first designation we make is between what's going on in the brain. Right. So, you know, seizures are essentially uh, um, inappropriate electrical activity in the brain. Right. You almost think of like V-fib in the heart. It's kind of like V-fib in the brain. It's, right? it's it's neurons just firing rapidly. Yeah. And, inappropriately yeah. And, and not in a, in a functional way. Right. Do we know exactly the mechanism behind it? Not always. Right. Like what exactly is happening. But we do know, like I said, we hook up people to what's called an EEG. Um, basically, we're looking at the electrical you know, function, the electrolyte activity of their brain, the electrical activity is out of whack. So we categorize it two ways. Generalized seizures is one that's electrical activity. The entire brain's electrical activity is being hijacked and firing dysfunctionally. And then focal is when a, a certain part of the brain 
just like, you know, one area of the brain is being affected. And we make that distinction because I think sometimes we think generalized and we think of the person, their whole body seizing. And then we think focal, we think of one part, which is true and not true. So again, when we talk about generalized and focal, we're actually talking about the brain. We're not talking about what effects the, the, that the have symptoms on the body. Of it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, and that's a distinction we need to make. Right. That makes sense. So, and like a way to remember this generalized, obviously that's pretty obvious, right? Generally everything is going and then focal. I, I always think like focal point, right? The focal point, one, one piece of the, mm-hmm. of the brain is going, but right. what you're basically saying is sometimes a focal seizure one area of the brain is affected, it might have effects that would make us think the whole brain is affected. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So starting with generalized seizures, we start with the most common one that we, th- when we think of senior seizures, when we think of seniors, no, <laughs> when we think of seizures, we think of tonic clonic grand mall seizures, right? I mean, that, that's really like what most people think of. So yeah. this, you know, person essentially in some ways has altered mental status, loses consciousness, maybe in their whole body is seized. The whole body is shaken. And they're foaming at the mouth and all the, the, the stuff the TV portrays. Yeah. That's a seizure. Right? Well, tonic clonic always refers to that like contraction and relaxation. Right. So you're like pulling in towards the it's like right. cortical decor. So it's basically like what happens. It's what's happening to the muscles and, and what the, the effects that generalized seizure is having on the body. Right. So we've okay. got generalized seizures. The whole brain's affected. The first category under that is tonic clonic, meaning that you have the muscles like from a, a tonic, the tone, they they basically flex, flex or, yeah, yeah or like flex contract. down and then clonic is that it's kind of this rhythmic shaking movement that happens okay so they'll have this kind of tonic clonic where they'll like like everything will tense up and then they'll kind of shake and tense up and shake and that might they might tense up first then start having the shaking over like a couple of seconds or it might be kind of an alternating between those two things but this is a a generalized tonic clonic seizure also called a grand mall seizure mm-hmm um, there's another type of generalized seizure, though, that's called an absence or absence. It depends on how they, I don't know how people pronounce it necessarily, but an absence, abs, an absence seizure I've is never basically, said that, hey, he's absent from class today. So no, it's just absent, oh. but it's absence. Yeah. Absence. Yeah. You have three absences. Absences. No, yeah. If you're French. No, I don't yeah. think that's a- <laughs> I think it's a French word. Anyway, so anyway, an absence seizure is essentially when the body, so it's a generalized seizure, again, so electrical activity, when, when these happen and we're checking someone's electrical activity of their brain, the whole brain's affected. But what it is, is it basically, like you said, like absent, like the person's absent. They, typically, the way they present is they're just like kind of all of a sudden like in the middle of a conversation with you and then all of a sudden, bam, they're just staring off into space. Yeah, so it's like a zone out is what I always refer to yeah, it as, yeah, like a yeah. zone out seizure, right? Yeah, and sometimes, like I so said, the other one's called Grand Mall. This one would be called like a Petite Mall. Petite Mall. Right. Little Because it's French. Mall. Again. Yeah, but they, you don't have to pronounce every word of the, with a French <laughs> accent. Absence seizure. Petite Mall. Right. Yes, you should. I would say, okay, I guess, if um, you want to be fancy. Right. So anyway, so you've generalized seizures that can be broken down into tonic-clonic, which is the one that we typically think of, uh, or absence seizures. All right. And then now, we call those grand mall, like nicknames for them, grand mall, petite mall. Petite mall, correct. Yes. So then we come over to focal. So focal seizures can be simple or complex. So a focal seizure typically doesn't have this is another thing with generalized seizures because the whole brain's affected you're not go you're you're going to have some type of altered mental status 
and we'll talk about a post-ictal period after that. But like, so whether you're, yeah, you're, whether you're having that. like that seizure activity where you're shaking and stuff, mm-hmm. you're not like conscious for you're that. Not conscious you're not, you're of not that. right. You're not able to respond. Right. And, and during an absence seizure, obviously you're absent. Yeah, you're, you're not, absent. you're not aware of that Altered. happening. Right. So if someone's like, oh man, I think I'm having an absence seizure right now. I can't hear you. They're probably not. I left a patient who was clearly like, it was, well, I'm sure we'll get into it, but it was like psychosomatic seizures. Mm-hmm. Like they weren't, they weren't, there was no. The nice way to say if this. you had been if you were there measuring was, the electrical activity of their brain, yes. nothing was. <laughs> right. The nice way to different. say this is there's nothing physically going on with their body. Sure, it was just kind of like a more of a psychosomatic issue. Uh-huh. So, but she would be like, "Oh gosh, here it comes!" <laughs> and, she'd and then she started doing like the grand wall thing. Right, it was right, like right. she's like, "Oh, can you believe this? Here I go!" Like she'd like talk the whole. But she time. was like aware of it. It's the like whole a lot time. of times you could feel a seizure coming on. Don't yeah, get yeah, you wrong, yeah. but she'd like talk through the whole thing. So yeah. it was just kind of like probably it was hard not to like maybe smirk a little bit. Yeah, in that yeah. Call. that makes sense. That makes sense. And we'll talk a little bit about that too. But so focal seizures though um, don't necessarily they typically don't have like altered mental status associated with them. So that same patient, she said like, oh, I think I'm gonna have a seizure again, and then her right arm she's started like, just going. Look at, this, look at this. That could happen. Yeah. Right. That would be a focal simple seizure. So the focal part means it's a focal part of the brain being affected. So one area of the brain instead of the whole brain. Right. And the simple part is that only one part of the body is affected. Got it. Okay. But then we confuse it and say there's focal complex seizures. So focal complex seizures usually only affect one part of the body still, but the patient one part does of, one part of the brain, you mean? No. So focal, yes, one part of the brain, but yes. complex, there's still usually on a, on a physical standpoint, only one part of the body is affected, but they have some altered mental oh, status. Oh, there's an altered mental yeah. status with it. Okay, so which okay, usually, okay. so, so th- th- that's, that's some of the nuances because I think people from a overly simplistic standpoint say generalized seizures, altered mental status, focal seizures, not generalized sure but there are situations where if you have a focal complex seizure you can have some altered mental status right or they say oh generalized the whole body's moving focal only one part of the body's moving well sure usually we think about it that way but also there's generalized seizures that are called absence seizures where there's no part of the body moving right so these are the again does it really matter in the field like yes and no right i mean we kind of want to know if someone could be having a seizure, even if they're not having motor function dis- dysfunction, and we want to know that they could be having, you know, a seizure, even if they're cognizant. You know, so, again, these things are important. Now, again, what's going to be more important for us is the symptoms of seizure that could be life threatening. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But I want to quickly first do that breakdown. So does that make sense? Just yes. summarize it quick or not? I got it. You got it. Generalize cool. whole part of the brain. Mm-hmm. Tonic clonic flexing, jiggling out of the flex. Okay, sure. Grand mall, whole body is shaking. It's a type of generalized. Focal seizures, one part of the brain's affected. Simple focal seizures, one area of the body is not altered mental mental status. Complex focal, one area of the brain is affected, but one area of the body is affected, but they also might have have some altered mental status. Exactly. Exactly. Nailed it. Exactly. Nice one. So cool. So those are basically the types of seizures. So... What happens is, is when you have seizures, we need, we need to talk about the post-ictal period as well. Do you want to talk about what that is? Yes. This is the way that you can find out if they're lying or not. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. I'm just kidding. So um, after a seizure, you will go through something that is referred to as the post-ictal phase. And it is basically the brain's way of kind of resetting itself is, is the best way I can describe it. And as the brain kind of turns back on and gets normal function coming, they will come to in stages. So... 
you really you can kind of if they have an altered mental status, you can kind of call out whether it's maybe a different mechanism that that caused this altered mental status, be it seizure or something else, based on if they're postictal. So if no one hops out of a seizure and is like finishes grandma and then they're just like, oh, wow, that was crazy. Right. They're never going to be they're going to come to in stages. It's going to be a sometimes a pretty long period of time before they're fully alert and oriented, you know, times forward, a person place time and event. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have like a period of unresponsiveness during the seizure activity. And then they're going to come to in stages. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So it, there's a it's a basically a period of time where their altered mental status slowly resolves, essentially. Um, and that's the postictal phase. And what we're, and we talk about that because that's important because one helps us differentiate what we'll say true generalized seizures or focal complex seizures that have affected mental status. Um, But also because that is a period of time where we're going to have to continue to manage and help protect the patient from some of the risks of that, that seizure presented. So as soon as they stop seizing, the seizure activity is done. We know that there's still going to be this period of time where like we as emergency providers have to manage that patient uh, where they're still at risk of things like aspiration and hypoxia and and, and ventilatory issues. And even aggression towards you, like sometimes, you know, when, when people are altered, they don't, you know, it's just sort of flight or flight has kicked in. So they're confused. They don't feel safe. You know, (laughs) I remember one time we had a guy who was, he had had a seizure and he was like, just kind of coming to, and my buddy's like leaning over him with just, it was, I think it was an 18 game. It wasn't a huge needle, but it just looked like this massive needle. He's about to poke him. He's like, Hey, no, no, I don't need that. Like he like woke up and my buddy was like all frustrated. He's like, well, fine. I'm just trying to, and I was like, man, he doesn't know. He doesn't know what's going on. Like if you woke up and some guy was standing over you with a needle, like, and a lot of times they'll be like, I didn't have a seizure. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like they have complete memory loss of it, you know? Mm -hmm. So you kind of have to walk them through that. Yeah, exactly. So I do think before we jump into like some of the risk factors and management, I do think it's worth stopping here and talking about pseudo seizures. Okay. So this is some, a little bit of a pet peeve of mine is that for whatever reason, and this is, this is not a, this is a generalized comment that I don't mean to like, but I think, and I'm not just talking about EMS. I'm talking about EMS and emergency medicine. We have decided that it's our job to to figure figure out out if someone's faking a seizure (laughs) or not. And here's the deal. It doesn't matter. We're going to talk about like next. So I want to talk about basically like the risk factors of seizure. Like what, what are we really concerned about in seizures? So if they're, whether they're faking or not really shouldn't matter to us in EMS or emergency medicine at all. Right. We need to treat the symptoms if they're life threatening. We need to know what complications can be in play. Well, it's like anything. It's not going to get you out. of Like when you really go into the mind of someone who's always trying to do this, like it's not going to get you out of having to transport this patient to the hospital. Like you could just start complaining about something that you completely made up. I still legally have to take you to the hospital if you want to go to the hospital. Like. EMS emergency the emergency room can't kick somebody out because they think that that's silly like it just doesn't yeah, even and work there's that no way. reward there's like so for like there's this is what I think sometimes there's personal awards I feel like that people give themselves for getting a refusal or like well, convincing ref- someone sure, to like which is probably not a whole different story but but I'm saying like in 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 like calling someone out yeah in like ha- like if you think they're faking a seizure. There's really no benefit to you. Like, it's not like you're like, you're faking this. And then like you somehow you prove it. And they're like, you're right. You're and then right. like, also I you guess I'll like just go home. Cash prize or something. <laughs> yeah. like, no, no, like there's no. So again, I it is not our job. And especially, and that's why we talked about the types of seizures first, right? Since there is such thing as focal complex seizures where you do have alter mental status, but maybe the, like, and postdoctoral periods can be short. They can be long. Like it is not 
in my opinion, and you, you correct me if you think that I don't know if we've had this discussion before, but correct me if you think I'm wrong or I'm overstepping. But I don't think that it is under the purview of EMS or even emergency physicians to say, yes, this is true seizure or no, it's not true seizure. No. And I think and especially it's dangerous. Right. Personally. And especially because we don't. They, well, and we'll get to treatments, but we don't do treatments for someone who just had a seizure like we 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 monitor them yeah but like if someone's actively having a seizure we give them anti-seizure medication right so if if i come if i show up and you're claiming that you had a seizure it doesn't matter if i believe you or not like my treatment's not going to change it all so it's not like i'm saying like i need to call this bull crap out because i don't want to waste this treatment on you there's no treatment you're not doing anything anyway unless you're actually having a seizure and i'm watching it in that case i got to jump in and do something so yeah what do you say i have seen this happen where people are and maybe they're having a real seizure. Maybe they're not having a real seizure, but the provider has decided it has to be fake. So they don't do anything. And like, that's dangerous, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like worst case scenario is someone's faking it and you give them the attention that they want by like monitoring their airway and making sure they don't hurt themselves and like allowing or something they, bad to happen because you think I, even if you're right, it just it, there's no or they fake there. seizure activity and you themselves. think it's and you think it's bullcrap. But either way, so you, you what you so we push we push Ativan and we push Versed and guess what? Yeah, we we made him pass out. And like that's, that's just what. Yeah, that's, that's not, it's not like going to be harmful no, to the body to give these drugs. Right, right. Especially if you're giving them in the doses that they're supposed to be given yeah. and that sort of thing. This and this is a whole different conversation, so I won't get into it. But like, I also feel that way about like people who are like faking pain or like drug chest seeking. pain or yet like pain here's in the general. deal like as an emergency provider my job is to make sure you don't die of a heart attack or that and my job is to make sure that you don't suffer right so if now granted if i was prescribing you like well I, if your back hurts here's 90 norco to go home with right. like, i'm not doing that though in the acute setting i never not treat acute pain right i just don't i might use different medications than i would if i'm if i'm a little concerned that this person might have an addiction i don't want to but like me giving you one dose of something is not like well it i just, would also go as far as you can make that you can make that distinction as a as an er physician i cannot as no, a paramedic. Right, yeah, so yeah. like i like if you if you guys are EMS providers out there, you will treat pain. Right. Like, and I'm not trying to be like a, a jerk about it, yeah. but like you will treat pain, whether you you don't need to prove if they have pain no, or not. Absolutely. The, the you know it's not your job. You will treat pain, whether that person is a seeker or not. You're gonna give Doesn't them matter. the fentanyl. You're gonna give them the morphine. Yeah. And the thing is, is you didn't propagate the problem. No. You didn't cause more. It, you're not gonna show up to the ER. The ER doctor's not gonna get mad at you about like oh God, now he's the, more they addicted. Are, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're not a thing. <laughs> we don't even give enough of a pain medication to like give people who abuse a fix. Like right, it's, yeah, it's not yeah. even gonna touch them. Right. It's just not. But if they're in pain, so, you're gonna treat their pain. Right. So just the give it too, every time. Is that and this like more so from the pain side of things. And again, we're kind of getting off track a little bit here, but like people who who have chronic like drug seeking behavior can still hurt themselves and be in pain. Right. And people who fake seizures a lot of times are people who do have real seizures. Like it's, it's typically the people who are, 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 you know, quote unquote faking seizures or having these pseudo seizures are people who actually do have a seizure disorder. Right. It's how they know how to fake it. Yeah, right. I mean, it's not, know. you know, yeah. so again, so again, it just, I think it's something that's worth being said is that it is not make it simple for yourself. If someone has seizure activity or is completing a seizure activity, Transfer them to the hospital and say, hey, I'm not conv- I'm not convinced. You can tell the doctor if you want. It makes you feel better. Hey, I'm not convinced these are real seizures. I didn't witness it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to say, OK, cool. Well, I'm going to keep doing what I do with every seizure patient. Well, no, right? and so, the, so I would I would go as far as this is when we're trying to determine if if it's quote unquote legitimate or not, we're not doing that to try to prove the patient wrong or right. We're doing that to 
to check out to see if we need to investigate other things. So if you're altered and I don't think you had a seizure because you perked right back up after juice or something like that, well, then I'm thinking more hypoglycemia. And that's sure. the cause yeah. of the ultimate. Right. So this should when we make these distinctions like, well, they weren't postictal, So that seems a little fishy. It doesn't seem a little fishy. And ah, we got them so we can like deliver justice on this patient right. it seems a little fishy so let's think about a different treatment path or maybe reason like, right we always should be thinking about the patient first not well, about and, whether they're actually, right or wrong yeah, and i have about. an example so i had a guy who was having these like tonic clonic type things happen to him but he had no alter mental status at all so i could have just you know, you'd be like, oh he's just faking it like get yeah, out bull of crap. here get out. yeah right <laughs> no but it's like oh it's really weird so like we did more i i kind of researched his medications he was on some medications that were giving him dystonic reactions oh, yeah, like he was yeah. having like meds yeah, and stuff. Like tense, yeah. yeah so i was able to give him some benadryl and, and and it helped him out so again yeah if if we're trying to distinguish is this real is this not real one it doesn't really matter man it matter for our management of seizures mm-hmm. But also, it should be with the intention to like, should, is there other things I need yeah, to be exploring? Every, everything should edify the patient. So it, yeah, it should. Exactly. That was an important thing I think we need to cover. So okay. let's talk about risk factors. There's lots of things that can cause seizures, right? So do you want to jump in and start sharing some of those? So we talked about like what different types of seizures. What are different things that we can see that cause seizures? Right. So genetic uh, like disposition to it can happen. So like things like epilepsy, that's like a genetic mm-hmm. condition, right? So epilepsy is like if you have exposure to certain like light patterns and things like that, uh, it can it can activate. We, so this is what's interesting about seizures to me is that like we don't really understand why certain things cause seizures. Like we know that lots of things can cause seizures, mm-hmm. but we don't really have scientific reasoning for like why lights for some reason make you have a seizure or like hyperglycemia gives you a seizure or something like that versus like it, doesn't, it doesn't give really it to me, right? We pathway. know what a seizure is. It's that it's that ner- those neurons firing and we know how to prevent them by giving medication, but we don't really know why certain things cause seizures in some people, but they don't cause seizures in others. I yeah, guess, right? right. Yeah, exactly. So like, but interesting thing about epilepsy. Yeah. There was a Pokemon episode. Have uh-huh. you heard about this? No. There was a Pokemon episode where the Pokemon Polygon, he was like a digital Pokemon sort mm-hmm. of thing. But he was like different. He's like blocky and he's different colors. Mm-hmm. And like in the 90s when they aired, there's this episode of Pokemon where they don't show anymore because it gave like thousands of kids epileptic seizures all at once. Oh, my gosh. So apparently like the pediatric brain is a little more sensitive towards like like an epileptic seizure with this sort of thing. But sure. anyway, what happened was like the polygon, I've watched it. And so you could watch it on YouTube. You can find it. And it, it like gives all these warnings beforehand, but yeah. I've watched it and it's, I don't know what they were thinking. It's like, it's like polygon use your like whatever attack. And he's like, ah, and then all of a sudden it's just like a hundred different light patterns flashing on the screen super fast. And apparently just like all over yeah. Japan, all these Japanese kids Oh my seizures. gosh. Like, can yeah. you imagine like before school, there's just this like mass seizure yeah. attack. But anyway, Jeez. epilepsy is something. Yeah. So, so epilepsy is the patterns or stimulus that activates the, that random right. and there's, fire. You know, I'm going to get into like the genetics behind it, but like there is like this more genetic predisposition to seizures that can run in families and we basically call that epilepsy right Mm -hmm. there's no other cause for it and it's just recurrent seizures throughout people's lives and that sort of thing the other thing that can cause seizures is injury so we see like so if people have traumatic brain injury or tbi they then because of that damage and maybe damage to neurons and things like they can then start having seizures makes sense right i entered the area so there's interruption of electrical activity and then that goes haywire Mm -hmm. and have seizures Mm -hmm. um what else? So, so, so toxins is another one. So certain yeah, medications so, can predispose you to seizures. Well, or just like any type of like 
like balance any like pH or acid base balance sure, changes, yeah. like anything like that, too much or too little of anything. It kind of seems like so hyper or hypoglycemia can activate seizures, hyper hypokalemia, you know, higher low potassium can activate seizures. Um, there's calcium issues that can activate yeah, seizures. Yeah, problems. Um, yeah, any anything withdrawal like that. From certain medic- withdrawal from al- alcohol, withdrawal right. seizures, medicate like even if you withdraw from like benzo, sometimes I mean like these different things. So Neur- electrotoxins can activate seizures. Yeah, and actually, like you could throw seizures up as part of like a common path common pathway that occurs. So like I remember like and this is a very like, this is a generalization as well, but I remember. Th- learning in medical school they're like basically all these things happen and then everything ends with seizure coma death like seizure coma death is like the common pathway to death in the end which is kind of true right when the body's out of balance basically seizures are the brain being out of balance right mm-hmm. so if hypoxia so that's the other thing too is people who are hypoxic for a long time you have like hypoxic brain injury they can have seizures i mean so these are all these different things can lead to and seizures and i mean it's it's pretty practical anything that can affect the brain right, right? like so so toxic toxicity levels pH balance, electrolyte issue, you know, electrolyte issue, anything that you you know could affect the brain mm-hmm. can obviously result in the brain doing that, which causes a seizure. Right. right. Just just like anything really that messes with the heart can put you into like a V-fib or something right, like that. Right, it can yeah. mess with the electro, you know, the, the electricity in your heart. Same thing. Right. Right. Yeah. So if you had hypoxia to your heart, you know, you have a heart attack that can sometimes lead to V-fib. Right. You go into mm-hmm. cardiac yeah, arrest because yeah. of electrical issues. So right. just think the same thing. Anything yeah. that's going to mess the brain up can can mess it up to the point where it can go to seizures, yeah, exactly. coma, seizure, death. coma, death. Right. Exactly. So. Um, so. Right. So any of those kind of things. So then just like most things in medicine in general, but specifically in emergency medicine and EMS, our job is to not treat um I don't, we are going to treat seizures, but I'm saying our our role is not to fix the seizure problem. It's to prevent further issues due to the complications. So this and the is symptoms. this is funny. A lot of times we do this in EMS, but this is one of those times where we we're treating the symptoms basically of a seizure, but we're not treating the underlying cause. Right? right. We don't have the ability. You don't. Have, you can't cure their epilepsy. Right. right? right you right. can't. You can't even oftentimes fix their acid base balance and things like that. So. What can we do? We can just stop them from having seizures. Right. We can stop the problem 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 from being worse, right? We stem the flow. It's the same thing as when we stop bleeding, right? Like we didn't really change anything that happened to the trauma to the body. We just prevented exsanguination, Mm -hmm. right? So we're preventing things from getting worse, but we're not solving the underlying problem, which is why they need to go to the hospital. It's not just like, hey, we stopped your seizure. High five, man. Right. It's not like putting a bone back in place. Like, yeah, I said your bones and now you're good to go. Yeah, exactly. This is going to be an ongoing thing and more, um, needs to be looked into is like why are they having these seizures how do we prevent them in the future obviously like i said you're not putting patients on anti-seizure medications in the field right this is a more long-term strategy but we are going to treat there are complications and life-threatening complications that we can run into with seizures so that's what i want to kind of talk about next um and the first easy one is airway right yeah so you want to just jump in and talk about that because yeah so when you're going through a seizure you don't have control of your brain so we can have airway issues. You can choke on things. You can sometimes you foam at the mouth. Sometimes you can aspirate on mm-hmm. your spit and mm-hmm. stuff like that because you're kind of. So this is why, like, for the longest time, like first aid stuff, people would say, like, take a wallet or something like that, and like or a bite block and shove it in their mouth because they might bite their own tongue or choke on their own tongue. So let's just cover that real quick. Like, yeah, don't do that. Number one, Done. you cannot choke on your own tongue. Like, go ahead and try it. You can't. You, it's attached to the back of your throat. You cannot choke on your own tongue. All right. You can bite everybody a pause. piece of your tongue. Oh. Everybody pause. Try choking your own tongue right now. <laughs> you cannot choke on your own tongue. It is not something that can happen. You can bite a chunk of your tongue off and then 
choke on that, I, I suppose. But we're not going to be messing. Really happen though. We're not going to be messing with when someone's actively seizing. We are not going near their mouth. Really, like okay. we might, we might suction here and there. We might, you know, you're going to cause more problems. You're going right. to cause. We're more, not like, going to try something in there is going to cause more damage. They're shaking and moving. I can't. I, I'm not going to stick. McGill forceps in there. I'm not going to stick my hands in there and try to remove something. Can you like, imagine you if might someone see was some bleeding. Wait, can you imagine if someone was seizing and you went to like try to do something and they bit your finger out and then they choked on your finger yeah. and died? That'd and be horrible. Well, if you're wearing your gloves, though, your finger should be kind of detached, hanging in your glove. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> what if they bit through the entire That's glove? True. That's true. And they're like, "What killed the patient?" Like, well, your doctor. We got two this. issues. <laughs> we got two issues here. I need my finger back. <laughs> no, right. So don't mess. Don't, don't do mess it. with the stuff when they're actively seizing. Right. The, the biggest there is protecting them. So mm-hmm. like like first aid response to seizures really is allowing them to see to seize, moving everything out of the way. Because yep. trying to interrupt a seizure is just going to hurt you or them. Right. right? Yeah. You're not going to be physically like hold them to anti seizure them. Like it won't happen. Right. So move everything out of the way, and then we say like protect their airway. What we mean by that is maybe roll them on their side so that there's drain that we can drain. Drooling. If you've got vomiting. suction available, you can try to suction, but we Don't just want to be really careful. Yeah, we, we want to be really careful not to like, yeah, shove that in there, <laughs> in there. and have them choke on that or, or yeah. have issues, right? So we're just going to guard their airway from more threat, but mm-hmm. not much you can do right there. Right. When they're done, now we can start looking into suctioning, you know, removing obstructions if there are any. Right, yeah. Um, but you're most likely, the things that I've seen. Um, you know, usually they don't bite their tongue off because no. like, the body still responds to pain. But um, like usually they, they might bite their tongue and be bleeding from their tongue a little bit. So you might see some like, you know, oral trauma. So that that might be something that you need to suction up afterwards or something like that because mm-hmm. you're worried about them aspirating mm-hmm. on it. But it's usually not too significant. Right. Yeah. 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 Like and the. But don't try to like innovate a patient who's actively going through grandma's. Right. No, that won't work either. So again, so airway issues. So just that physical airway itself, right? They mm-hmm. they clamp down. So airway, yes, we're not, we're basically going to allow the seizure to to take to run its course. Usually, mm-hmm. seizures last just a couple minutes. Usually, maybe even less than a minute. We're going to let that happen. Make sure that they don't suffer any more trauma. Make sure that we're not, you know introducing any more trauma through trying to you know fix their mouth or airway and that sort of thing we're gonna let it take its course so that's airway just like everything else I would say, yeah, the biggest thing you can do is keep try to keep them on their side if you can yeah. so that dr- the body will naturally drain any spittle blood whatever is coming out, vomit whatever's yeah. coming out yeah. right the next thing you're gonna run into is then the airway ventilation issues so ventilation issues so patients who are having seizures uh you know specifically generalized seizures where the whole brain is affected they're not going to have adequate ventilation or respiratory respirations their diaphragm's not contracting normally they're going to have irregular respirations that during the seizure because seizures only usually last less than a minute less than a minute it's probably not that big of a deal they're not going to be hypoxic long enough to cause problems now the postictal period though as they as they regain consciousness over time they can continue to have irregular respirations inadequate ventilation so these patients are then going to need sometimes oxygen sometimes they're going to need assisted ventilation with a bvm yeah we might have to bag them like if they're and remember if they're breathing irregularly breathe regular for them if right. they're breathing too fast slow down their breathing try right. to coach them you know if they're breathing too slow speed up their breathing with the bag exactly right? exactly bvm management is very easy you just do what it's supposed they to you know, doing, just do right? the normal, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just doing the normal yeah. thing and the body wrong, do it right yeah and, and just try to help the body get to that point yeah know? so again so ventilation we're going to support that hypoxia as a, as a part of that right if they're inadequately ventilating for long enough they can have hypoxia we're going to do supplemental oxygen um but we're not going to intubate them right i mean like we're not because they're they're going to usually 
regain consciousness and regain those functions over the course of, of time, right? So we're just going to support them while they go through this postictal period. Well, they usually don't don't lose their gag reflex either. So like you, right. you probably you, you they, they really will probably be responsive somewhat to pain even right after the seizure. So right. to, to even attempt to intubate is is foolish. Right. So the, the the goal here is basically to assist their ventilation, assist their respirations, assist their oxygenation until they recover because yeah. they should recover fine on their own. Um, other things you want to look for in seizures. Um, that's really the main concern for just seizures in general, right? So, so regular, like oh, I had a seizure, it lasted a couple of minutes. This is what happened. Our job is usually airway, airway ventilation, that sort of thing. When we can run into other complications is when we run into a situation where called status epilepticus. All right. So status epilepticus is, is a true medical emergency in the sense that they don't recover. Right. So we said usually people with seizures recover. We just have to support them until they recover. Yeah. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. No, but we, <laughs> we, my uh, daughter used that the other day. We, and I, was, I can't stop using it. But so we yeah, we define status epilepticus as basically uh, seizure. Another seizure happening. So multiple seizures happening before the patient comes out of the postictal phase. Right. So they stay not even unresponsive, but they stay altered, altered mm-hmm. right? And then they go into another seizure. Now you're talking about status epilepticus. Or if they have a seizure lasting usually greater than a minute, we'll call that status epilepticus. So technically too. it's five minutes. Five yeah. straight minutes? Of right. see, uh, so my protocol defines well, it a little bit differently. Exactly. And I kind of looked this up in preparing for this because I thought it was a minute I've as never, well. Never in my life have I bumped into a seizure lasting five minutes. Right. That's, That's a pretty, I mean, like if you've got someone seizing for two or three minutes, you're having some significant hypoxic issues going on right. and that sort of thing. So, again, status epilepticus, if you want to go by textbook definition, um, a seizure lasting greater than five minutes or back-to-back seizures without full recovery in between and that full recovery we're talking about their alter mental status. I have had that. I've had that a ton where yeah. I've come in and I, I've talked to someone like you and been like, Hey, this isn't just cause sometimes like the years, Oh, it's, it's a seizure. You push for a set. We're good to go. And I'm like, yeah, I did it. But like, he went back into another seizure yeah, and yeah. he never came to like, and this that's is a, a problem, serious right? Issue. That's a problem. So these patients obviously are going to need more airway intervention, more ventilation. These patients are going to need medication intervention too. Now that's a big question too, is like, do you give, benzodiazepines in the field for every seizure. I don't know. What do you, what do you like? What does your protocols look like for that? Because technically you could say like, even if they just came out of the seizure, you could give them a dose of Ativan, you give them some Versed or something like that to make sure they don't have another one. Or if they're actively seizing, do you wait for that to go away or do you try to give something to them? I think this is one of the reason that in, in my area, at least we, we use such a fast acting benzo. We mm-hmm. use Versed. It mm-hmm. doesn't last long and it acts very fast. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like, so Versed or Midazolam, basically it's going to wear off pretty quickly. So our, our protocol is if they are actively seizing, we, we, we give the medication. Sure, so sense, I right? would apply that multiple times, I, I suppose if they're, you know, I, I think most of my medics are smart enough to know we're pretty close to the hospital too. So we, we, we kind of have that cushiness, you know, added in, but uh, I think most of my medics would be smart enough to know like, Hey, I gave them the Versed. They came out of this one, but then they went right into another one. And this Versed isn't going to help them this time. You know, if it's not working, then well, they, and they, again, you they can, know to recognize that as status. And, uh, yeah. you know, at that point, what else can we do? We we use the tools in our toolbox, right? Yeah, We've given exactly. the benzo. We don't know what to do now. So yeah. we're transporting and, and supporting And you can keep airway. redosing benzodiazepines. I mean, you can like, so, and, and yeah. I do this, like I can give them dose of Ativan. Then they start seizing again, another dose of Ativan. Seizing again. I, keep, I keep giving, I can keep yeah. aborting the seizures. And the reason we abort the seizures is not because we're worried about the seizure activity necessarily. We're worried about all the complications that can occur if they continue to have these seizures. Yeah. Right. Well, so the, that brain burning through all that energy is very mm-hmm. concerning for like 
if it's going to keep, keep happening, there's, there's right. long-term effects there. Like, and that's one thing that I wanted to mention, like we talked about airway, but another thing that you should always be considering with your seizure patients is just remember that like 90% of the sugar that we ingest is going to be burned by the brain, right? That's just that sugar is used by the brain. Our brain uses you. So we, we, we use most of our sugar is used in our brain. Yeah. So, when we have seizures, a lot of times you'll see these patients be hypoglycemic afterwards because just the energy burn mm-hmm, from the mm-hmm. brain's activity like that, it'll burn through that. So sometimes, right. like we've found that sometimes if we have an altered mental status that they don't seem to be coming out of, like they're not coming out of that post-sictal stage, we'll get a sugar on those patients. And you should be getting sugar yeah. on all your patients. Any anyway. altered mental status, basic you vital signs, right? So you go ahead and check the sugar on those patients. Okay, the sugar's low. It doesn't mean the seizure didn't happen. It just means that as a result of the seizure, right. they're now hypoglycemic too. So that might be something that we need mm-hmm. to treat and give them sugar, um, which is something something to look into. Anyway, imagine if you were in status and you kept burning this, you kept burning down your energy stores, you're going to be grossly hypoglycemic. And so that's just one example yeah. of like these long-term effects that can happen. And again, that's why status epileptics becomes more life-threatening in the sense that not only you're going to have prolonged respiration and ventilation issues, you're going to potentially have hu- prolonged hypoxia. You're going to burn through your sugar stores. You can put, you know, all of a sudden you're hypoglycemic. Also, all that energy and all that, you know, muscle you know, tonic because usually this is tonic clonic, right? So tonic clonic back and forth, you're going to start breaking down your muscles, mm-hmm. right? So now you're getting rhabdomyolysis, right? You're getting acidosis, which all acidosis your anaerobic metabolism lead to so. more seizures yeah. and more coma and more. De- I mean, like these kind of things. So this is why you know you're going to burn through your. You know, you know, obviously like there's going to be cell death. You're going to have potassium issues, electrolyte disturbances. And because of acidosis and rhabdomyolysis and these things building up, what's that going to irritate? Well, it's going to irritate the heart. So now these people have risks for arrhythmias. So, again, that's why status epilepticus is such a um, life threatening condition. So mm-hmm. we're going to, again, the management is going to we can. If, and, exactly. and, and if your means of if your protocol written means of aborting the seizure isn't working, well, guess what? You're on the horn with the with the hospital yeah. anyway, right? Like, you, I'm not just gonna be like, well, it's not working. I guess I'll just wait. I got a what? I got a 20 minute ride to the hospital. Okay, well, yeah, I guess right. I've done everything I can. No, yeah. you're 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 on you're in contact with medical control, saying, hey, what do I do now, right? right. And then you can give me ideas to balance other things or or whatever, yeah, right? Or we can up the but dosage of the Versed or whatever. Yeah, med, you know, start the benzodiazepines and things like that. Um, so again, so that's why. So again oversimplified, overcomplicated. Hopefully we're kind of breaking this back down to basics. There's different type of seizures and why we do the things we do. And the things we do are pretty straightforward, right? I mean, just like a lot of things, we, we're managing their airway, making sure that they're ventilating appropriately with a BVM, making sure that we're treating hypoxia. If they're need, and if they're having these ongoing seizures, we need to know, okay, this puts them at risk for rhabdomyolysis, acidosis, electrolyte issues. So I'm going to check things like sugar. I'm going to give medications to abort the seizures to try to prevent that from happening. Um, and then we're obviously, like I said, that relay of communication to the emergency physician, because I might put them on a benzodiazepine drip. I might load them with anti-seizure medications, like loading doses, and I'm probably going to intubate them, right? I mean, I'm, I'm going to do these things. Pair Sometimes, and this is actually, obviously you can't do in the field, but something that we... Um, do in the emergency department is that if you're in status epilepticus and I can't break it with benzodiazepines, I'm going to paralyze you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to RSI paralyze you, intubate you and keep you paralyzed and sedated so that your body doesn't do that. We see that in the ICU a lot of times where you've got, you know, patients who um, are sedated and then you realize that like maybe underneath it all they're having seizures or people. So you you have to like kind of play, kind of play this. Obviously there's some more long-term things that we do there. Yeah. Um, But I think just as a provider, like knowing, 
knowing kind of what a seizure is, getting having an idea for what a seizure is makes it a little bit less scary. Okay, this is how I handle it. But then also knowing like the long term effect or the, the effects of what a seizure does to the body, like knowing the things like the electrolyte imbalances mm-hmm. and the and the sugar stores being burned up and stuff like that helps you that in in these rare circumstances where doesn't they're, they're not coming out of the seizure or there's other weird stuff going on with the body, we understand how the seizure could have been related to that, and then we're a little bit less scared to. To act on those yeah. things or, or communicate with the hospital right. on how they're going to act on those yeah, things. Yeah, so. absolutely, absolutely. So, well, that's it, guys. I hope this was helpful. I hope this kind of broke it down for you in a, in a good, comprehensible way. Um, we're doing a new thing now where we, um, every quarter, we'll be doing a Q&A session uh, where we just answer questions. We've, we've been getting emails and questions from you guys. Keep them coming. Send them to us all the time. Uh, once every couple of months, we're going to sit down and uh, basically talk through some of and the questions that we get. maybe some fun ones. Maybe some fun ones. A lot, yeah, of, them are about, a lot of them are about medicine. Medicine. Yeah. I mean, I know that's what this is all about, but like, I, I don't know. Ask, yeah. me, ask me anything. Ask me something. Ask me how many candy corn I can fit in my belly button. I think you'd be surprised. Don't ask him that. That's... No, honestly, if you send in the, I will answer it on the podcast. <laughs> all right, guys. It is a, it's greater than one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thank you so much. Tune in next week for another episode. Uh, thank you for all that you do out there. And again, we want to thank Clearview Media uh, for their, uh, their support. And you guys have a great week. Stay sweet. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed the episode. If you're an EMT or medic student or an advanced EMT student or an instructor of those students, we have a program just for you. With Sights and Sirens NREMT prep program, you get video lectures over 15 hours of really vetted, great content to help you through your program and help you prepare for the test. Check it out at www.sightsandsirens.com.